Hello, hello, everybody. It's good to have you. On this Tuesday night, it's going to be a good one, though short. So, what are we going to be doing on the last day of February? It's the 28th. 28th of February, 2023. I'm your host. My name is Frank. This is the Quite Frankly pre-show. And though I will be getting off a little bit after 8 o'clock to get into the, uh, the, other, the other wing of the studio to work with the band, we have a good, good little ditty to do tonight. And that is going to feature a first-time guest of a local New York City activist, Jose Vega. And he'll be on with us at the, the bottom of the next hour as it is 6... 53 p.m. Coming up on 7. But, you know, whether it is lab leaks or neo-Nazi proxy wars, there's always going to be coming... uh, There always comes a time, or many times there comes a time, where uh, liars and propagandists have to answer, answer for their lies. And I'm not even talking about in a court setting, in a Nuremberg setting, though I pray that we get those too. But uh, there always comes a time when people have to tailor their original story, when the conspiracy theory that is dismissed finally comes to be verifiably true, and then where do you move the goalposts, and where do you go from there, and what happens to you if there's nowhere to run anymore? Uh, Well, we're seeing a little bit of that every day now. It's just incredible. But So we'll do a little bit of that tonight, and then I can't wait to speak with Jose who has made it his mission to confront politicians about their dangerous alliances and uh, military interventionism that is getting us deeper and deeper into problems that may end in a large, large war. So we'll be playing a little bit of his work prior to him coming on. I just can't wait to talk to him about uh, about that and other things that he's involved in. I think it's uh, really interesting and a lot of passion the guy has. That's what we need these days. So thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Just relax, chill out. Tomorrow we have Jeffrey Peterson back on. We'll be doing a little bit of a redux of the the Arizona Mafia episode that we did back in 2019. But now with a little bit more intriguing level of validation as what we're seeing in that uh, that, that, uh, government hearing over the last few days about the relationship that politicians in Arizona and other border states have with Mexican cartels. And on what Thursday, Stephen Jonathan. On Friday, Dr. Peter McCullough with possibly some friends in studio like Jay Gulinello and maybe even Matt going along for the ride. That is going to be a very fast two hours. Very fast. And, um, and we'll see where we go next week. I've got plenty of stuff planned. I also want to say... I want to say uh, a belated happy birthday to a friend of the show, Jules from Maryland, who just had her birthday yesterday. And I know she's been watching the show for about five years. So just one of those things. And I, I really also, I, I, you know, I should ask permission, but I, I'm just going to say, please, uh, if you, you can keep our, our good friend Nikki Solis in, her, in your, uh, your thoughts and prayers. She just had a, a pretty significant loss in her family. And um, 
you know, I just uh, just want her to, to, to feel supported. And so I was, there's a lot of people out there dealing with a lot, but I heard about that and I didn't know. News travels a little bit slower this last week because Discord was blown up and it's taking it's going to take a little while to build up the gilded and everybody going over there it's a little bit more wonky than discord so we're we're dealing with whatever discord is being uh oh well they're very they're very pro liberty that's that's the issue there and we're fascists and and if if you don't know the vernacular these days fascism means mean and um that's just where we are we're just very mean people and and they they stand for the truth and justice so uh, keep Nikki in your prayers, and, and uh, let's, let's get on with this. Let's do it. I have a little something over here from, where the hell is it? This is from Politico. It's from Politico, and it's about what's going on in D.C. with our, our Supreme Court coming up soon. You know, uh, Joe Biden made a lot of campaign promises that were all just nonsense. We knew about it, whether it was paying people... Uh, paying people to vote for him in Georgia or whatever. Now comes this ridiculous and illegal, highly illegal overture to relieve people's student debt. Okay, so let's go on over to that. Hold on, I just, uh, of course, I did not put this up. There it is. Supreme Court appears skeptical. This is the headline from Politico. The Supreme Court appears skeptical of Biden's student debt relief plan. Uh, there is nothing to be skeptical about. It is not legal. It's not legal. And you see a bunch of kids there holding up signs. Student debt cancellation is legal. Student loan relief is legal. No, it's not, children. Sorry. Uh, but I will I will give you this. The issuing of that debt to you in the first place was not legal either. The backing up of that debt through the federal government was not legal either. Nor was, obviously, the education that it bought you because if it was, if it, well, not legal, but nor was the education it bought you worth it, I should say, because if it were worth it, you would be working and not protesting. But you see, this is where we are uh, as with our with our government and and with uh, progressives and whether it's all good intentions or they know exactly how they're enslaving a nation through these initiatives that's where we are left with right now because you have a government that illegally backs these loans so that millions of children many of them should not be going to college should be getting out with should be starting their lives picking up a trade starting families just getting into life not delaying adulthood. I, I, depending on what you want to do, obviously, obviously, college is is there for some people. But this 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 rite of passage, where you go from high school and you must go to college and spend four years into a four, in, in a drunken orgy uh, for de, for degrees that cost more than they're worth at this point, and then the con turns sour. And these same politicians go out there and endorse student debt forgiveness. That's the new vote bribery. That's the new form of vote bribery when it all falls apart. So it, it is illegal. It was from the beginning. And that's that's just what it is. Here's a guy. His name is Stephen Mazzy. Or Mazzy. He Get this. He covers the Supreme Court of the United States for The Economist. This is what he does. 
and he tweeted the following. If the Supreme Court throws out Biden's student debt relief plan, some 20 to 30 million Americans are going to look at five or six justices as costing them $10,000 to $20,000. That could drive SCOTUS's popularity still lower. This is a man who is paid to cover the Supreme Court for The Economist and doesn't even know what the Supreme Court is. I mean, how stupid can this, this, this guy be? 20 to 30 million Americans are going to look at five or six justices as costing them money. Costing them money? We, people who work and produce money, who are then stolen from by the government, and it, it all comes together. It all comes together. We are also the federal government who has only us as a means of making money. We are the collateral for every loan that it takes out, for every loan that it backs. We are the cosigner. Okay? So they've already taken billions and billions and billions of dollars out for, for children who are obviously not out there in the world and making or, or, and are gainfully employed. And now they're telling those same people who took out loans that they never should have taken out and did so voluntarily. That if these six justices don't give you, they're costing you money. It's not your money. It never was your money. And all the money that's been wasted on you, you still couldn't make your own. My God. And then you got this one over here. This one, Randy Weingarten, Gart, Garten, Jake Schneider over here from Politico, I think. Oh, no, 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 RNC Research, said that she is a union cartel boss and Democrats' biggest campaign donor, melts down on the steps of the Supreme Court over the, uh, the, the, the debt relief, <laughs> debt relief. L just, just listen to this, listen to this. And frankly, and this is what really pisses me off, during the pandemic, we understood that small businesses were hurting, and we helped them. During the lockdown, sorry, Randy, I had to interrupt you. During the lockdown, the pandemic didn't keep anybody out of work. Government kept people out of work. And it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. Big businesses were hurting, and we helped them, and it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. All of a sudden, when it's about our students, they challenge it. The corporations. Okay, shut up, you beast. Uh, it, it, if Randy's point here is that government action makes no sense, okay, I see what she's getting at. I can I can see that. Yes, I guess I guess you're right in that respect, Randy. Government action makes no sense. There is no consistency, and uh, everything that they gave people during the pandemic, during the lockdown was illegal. This is illegal. The loans that you're asking for now to be forgiven in the first place was illegal to get, to dole out. If your teachers were giving them an education that were, was actually going to result in, in, in gainful employment, you wouldn't be barking up there like the beast that you are. So everybody's, everybody's fucked up. Everybody's ridiculous. Everybody's stupid. Everybody, except me. And you, except me, except me and you. We're, we are on our own little island, don't you know? Um, so that's what's going on with the student forgiveness loan shit.
I'm sure you'll you'll see more of that. Now we have this. This is going to be tough to run through in a in a in a quick minute. But as you might have noticed that we are being allowed now to talk about the lab leak theory being true, possibly true, all right, from our own government, the Department of Energy that came forward, and they, um, they're starting to give some credence to that. So, yeah, three years later, again, that's what's going on. But though we're, be- we're allowed to, to start chewing this up and not be banned off of social media, uh, we do get this. This is from Alex on ALX on on Twitter, breaking the Chinese Communist Party has warned Elon Musk to stop sharing the report stating that COVID-19 came from a Wuhan lab. Here's a report from CNBC on it. Oh, well, the reminder today was directed towards Elon Musk. Uh, the Tesla founder had been uh, retweeting posts uh, promoting the uh, theory that coronavirus originated from a Wuhan lab. Well, the issue is very sensitive here in China. And so the Communist Party paper, The Global Times, warned on its social media site uh, that he could be breaking the pot of China. Uh, this is a Chinese saying that's similar to biting the hand that feeds you. So I, when I, when we talk about this, I, I never knew what, what I felt about China's involvement. Um, they they put they put tens of millions of people uh, under their own lockdowns and all that other stuff. I, I I don't know. Obviously, there's there's Wuhan, and even though we have this ounce of flesh to to uh, to chew on now with with the the government now saying that the lab leak theory has legs, China doesn't want Wuhan being blamed. That's interesting. Well, the. The account, the Twitter account, War Clandestine, that we we talk about a bit, had something to say about that, responded to this. And he said, that's because it didn't come from Wuhan. It was engineered in Ukraine, shipped to Wuhan in animal vectors, and an outbreak happened, and the West used Wuhan as the cover story to hide their biological stronghold in Ukraine. It was designed to look like a natural spillover event. Which I just don't... That still doesn't... I, maybe... Let's just keep going over from there. It, it does make this seem to make uh, pretty good sense. This is from Rasmussen and a little bit of a recent recent guest on Tucker Carlson. Rasmussen says, good morning. On March 1st, the largest order, March 1st, 2020, of 2020, the largest order in the world ever for ballot envelope stuffing machines was placed by a privately owned Arizona election printer. Mass mailing of unsolicited election ballots was illegal in America at that time. How did they know? Well, here's a little bit of an update. Dr. Lee Mengyan was on with Tucker Carlson, shared this on the 27th of February. Send just did my interview on Tucker Carlson tonight on the CCP's lab origin of COVID-19. I worked in BSL-3 lab, biological, uh, you know, the, the, the different, the different uh, tiers of security. Biosecurity level 3 lab with COVID-19. It's impossible to cause such pandemic via an accidental lab leak. We must investigate why the virus was internally released in Wuhan by the CCP. Now, was it the CCP? Was it not? Did they just piggyback off of that area over there and whatever? One thing I can tell you is this. Whatever it was, 
The timing was nothing short of incredible. You have Event 201, the simulation in September of 2019. You have the Wuhan military games in October of 2019. You have this flu-like symptoms start to spike in, uh, in our coastal cities and all that around November and December 2019. And then the headlines start coming out. The fake CCP videos of people falling down coming out. They were that that was being spread. Was it being spread by somebody else and 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 projected onto the CCP? I, I I don't know. But what we do know is that by the time we got into 2020, we had this very smooth transition from failed Trump slash Ukraine impeachment process. From that right into election fortifying virus panic. By March, we were already getting jittery around February, and by March, election fortifying virus panic had set. To, I mean, that's. I mean, it was already there. The timeline is ridiculous. So, no doubt, no doubt that the biological work was outsourced to countries, someplace with lower ethical standards, as we always do. We know chief among those countries are China and Ukraine. So that makes sense. Either of the two, I don't know. So, so I don't. I, I, what I can say is that the timing can't be coincidence. A spill, a spill, a leak that insinuates it's a mistake. That's where I go. Eh, I don't know about that. Spillover, a leak that insinuates a mistake that needs to be covered up. I don't. I don't know about that. Prince Charles and Klaus Schwab don't gamble. This wasn't a mistake, even though we still have questions. Um, that's all I do know in, in, in my gut what makes sense to me. So I, I can't tell you who was where and who squirted what substance somewhere if they, if they, uh, if they in, infected all the forks and the spoons that all the, 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 the soldiers at the Wuhan military games used that October and then went back to their respective countries. I don't know, but I am very, very hesitant to call this a spill or a leak or some kind of, it's not a mistake. Because the response and the remedies to all the mistakes were already there. It's not. At least not to me. I don't know what you think. But though we still have some questions uh, that are at this point unanswered and may always be, at least we're not the average bedwetter who watches Stephen Colbert. He had to retrain an audience again last night or whenever this was. I think it was last night. Uh, take a listen to this. He goes after the Department of Energy for investigating the um, the the leak, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Listen to this. Another surprising development this weekend. Uh, the Department of Energy released a new report saying a lab leak is the most likely origin of the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, there it is. Chinese wet markets, you're off the hook. <laughs> Let's order a round of pangolin poppers for the table. What a fucking loser. What a loser. This guy still, th- this guy, well, uh, he doesn't. But he's there to make sure that the seals in the audience still think that it's people eating raw fish that did this bat soup. Oh, my gosh. Imagine being that behind. Just, just ima- imagine being that boosted. I love a nice plate of wet apps. Now, if you're, if you're, some fr- can we get some civet fingers, please? Oh. Now, if, like me, you're wondering why the Department of Energy is the one making this judgment, it's because that agency oversees a network of U.S. national laboratories, some of which conduct advanced biological research. No. No. Bad 
Red Energy Department. No bio labs until you finish building your electric car charging stations. <laughs> stay in your lane. Okay, so th this is really where I don't want you to throw up. I want you to stay with me, so I want to keep your nausea under control. Um, this audience is so fucking boosted that, that all they can handle are jokes about how the Department of Energy was the one to validate yet another conspiracy theory. That it was the Department of Energy doing something that doesn't like phonetically or, or, or descriptively jive with the name of the department. You know, they would, they, they would want it to be the Department of Virology, the U.S. Department of Virology. And then what would the, where would they move the goalpost then? You know, see, see, there's no room to be wrong. So what they, what, what idiots, morons like this do, they fixate on the DOE's involvement instead. It's like wrestling with an eel. You're never going to, never going to do anything. Just, can you imagine living in that world? When I listen to that, when I, when I watch that and listen to the reaction that he's getting, even though it's all, I've been in those studios before, they, they give everybody the, the applaud sign. Of course, people just honestly think it's funny as well, but it's all very highly produced. Can you just imagine living in that world, in that headspace? Can you imagine thinking these people are funny, first of all, and that these are, que these are the questions to be asked? Stay in your lane? Department of Energy? Imagine thinking government agencies even have lanes. <laughs> Imagine that. You know, we learned, since we're talking a lot about COVID now, we learned during the lockdowns that the teachers' unions, you remember the barking beast from the beginning with the, with the student loans? We learned that the teachers' unions were largely dictating how schools operated or didn't operate during a so-called medical lockdown. Teachers dictating how schools were going to operate under medical lockdown. Why didn't Colbert tell the teachers to stay in their lane? What the hell do they know about epidemiology and children and COVID and everything? Incredible. Incredible. But well, we, we live amongst zombies. We live amongst zombies. They live. They live. All right, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Please share this far and wide, and uh, I may have some time for Super Chats at the end, so you can send them to quitefranklysuperchat.com. Don't go anywhere. Like I said, we will be right, right back. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Okay. Hurrah. Hurrah. Hey, we're going to have 
our guest, welcome to the show. This is the real, quite frankly, before all that pre-show stuff is, that's the other guy. But this is the real, quite frankly, and welcome, welcome to the Tuesday Night Excursion. So here's what I have, just to jump right into it and save all the time that I can. I want to play you a little something. Our guest tonight, Jose Vega, he's from the Bronx. And recently, very recently, just a few days ago, a little little bit less than a week ago, I got in touch with him as soon as I saw it. He confronted, as he says right here in his tweet, I confronted Hakeem Jeffries on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline revelations. I asked him to inquire into whether or not it is true and to hold POTUS accountable. His response, let's praise Biden on what a great job he's done and reaffirm our commitment to Ukraine. Now, let me just say, because we won't have, we we might not have time for his, uh, to go farther back in time, but uh, Jose has done this in the past, especially keeping tabs on a very dangerous situation that we have been meddling with and shaping out there in Ukraine for for years now. So here's the first one I want to I want to play and then we'll get into a little bit more. Uh he well here well actually here's a short bio. Jose Vega, a Bronx-based activist who is a staffer for Diane Sayers. Diane Sayers 2000 it's Diane Sayer. Her 2000 2022 campaign against Chuck Schumer and 2024 campaign against Kirsten Gillibrand. Miss Nexium herself. He's also a committed LaRouche activist, which I have to talk to him about a little bit, too. Um, here is the confrontation with Hakeem Jeffries, who is obviously the the one who has been tapped to take over for Nancy Pelosi whenever Democrats feel uh, find a way to steal the House back again. The U.N. Security Council had a meeting yesterday and Ray McGovern spoke to it. He is a former member of the CIA, and he testified in support of Seymour Hersh's article on the United States bombing Nord Stream pipeline. If it is proven that the United States bombed the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, as has been asserted by Seymour Hersh and his article, will you call for the United States to acknowledge and admit that that was an act of war against Germany and Russia. And I'm asking this because this may be the only way to prevent the rest of us from being killed in a thermonuclear war. And I don't want to be fried. Don't you think the media should be reporting on whether or not this is true? And don't you think you should be inquiring into whether or not this is true? Well, thank you for the question. Uh, One, I've got no information to suggest uh, that the United States was involved in bombing the Nord Stream pipeline. Because he would have, you would have, you would have been, you weren't briefed on it. It's true. How, why would he have, why would he know? Why would he have known? Sir, you got your chance to ask a question. You weren't given information because he explicitly says you weren't briefed on it. Shouldn't you inquire? So here's what I'll say about, I think, President Biden's leadership generally as it relates to and Russia. We committed an act of war. What are you doing to respond to that? We have to hold Biden accountable. So listen, you're from Brooklyn, right? You know when to call bullshit when you sure. see it. So do I. This is bullshit right now. And I see what's Thank happening you. right now. That does not silence me. So, you can hear me right now. I want you to say something about the bombing because we're all going to die from a nuclear war right now unless you stop it and you at least put an inquire into whether or not it's true. This war in Ukraine is going to leave us all dead. 
So what are you going to do? Because you need to inquire. Here's I'm a New I'll Yorker say. too. Here's what I'll say. Say it. We're going to continue to stand with the Ukrainian people. That's fucking bullshit. Do war. not do that. You will end us all In dead. In this war against We Vladimir need Putin. peace. We need talks. Because Why are you sabotaging just, talks? Not do not put your hands on me. We need Ukraine peace talks. I am not going to take this. It's a we need peace talks. Between, it's a you are leaving. Listen. Did you even read the allegations? It's a no. battle between how about, truth how about accountability? and propaganda. Not airheadedness. Okay. How about bridges, not bombs? And democracy, okay. How about conversations, not cremation? Diplomacy, not destruction. How about that? I don't want to ask you to join me. You goddamn airhead, you're going to kill us all. I don't want to die in a goddamn nuclear war. And nobody dies. It's, it's, I, 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 that's one of those things where you see though that and I just feel that, that feels great. Really does. And it's true. It's true. I mean, when you talk about Nord Stream in particular, this is, yeah, it's an act of war. And for all the talk about NATO this and the sanctity of NATO, that's the only, that's the only time where NATO has been attacked. That's the only instance, at least, I mean, what, where, has there ever been a full-on NATO, was NATO, I don't, I don't know. That's the only, especially now, in the last few years, especially in this last year where it's now Russia versus Ukraine and, you know, lying in the sand and take a, take, you know, choose a side. That's the only time the NATO's ever been threatened we, when we attacked it. And it was a civilian target. It's not like somebody tried to, uh, to to blame Russia for blowing up some kind of an ammo dump in Poland or something like that. It, that that's that's not what was going on here. It was a civilian target. So it's just in uh, it, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. And he's got more. Uh, he's got more. This is from two years prior. No 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 no. This is from 2019. This is from 2019. This is. Uh, a few years prior to this all popping off last February. So here is November of 2019 when Jose confronted Representative Espeat, I think that's how you say the name, on the issue of Nazis in Ukraine funding a coup in 2014 and on his friend uh, Victoria Nuland, the potato woman. Espeat forecasted exactly how to justify the uh, how to justify arming Ukraine two whole years before February 2022 I was 21 when I did this says Jose listen to this how do you sit there and lie like that why don't you see Jerry Chandler's hand out your ass and talk for yourself you ever thought about that oh, being disrespectful big old house over there you forgot Victoria Newland. Oh, Victoria Newland! I told you I was gonna get in trouble. That's right. The woman who funded Nazis in Ukraine, who your party helped elect. All right, very. To good. overthrow the Ukrainian government Come and on, to put a, uh, the coup against the president. Okay. Why do you support that? Why do you you don't you don't serve the uh, the veterans? You don't honor the veterans. Okay. If you honored the veterans, yeah. you would actually yeah. support yeah. Yeah. You would not support the coup your party has presented. Why did you help the coup? Oh, then now they brought now, now the the sheepdog the sheepdog came on over. It's it's listen when you you can feel it and you can feel a room turn and zero in on you. You become that black sheep, and uh, it's real. It's a real thing. Now, um, 
like I said, there, there's plenty to be said, and I can't wait to get on into it with him. But um, in the second half of the show, I mean, I, I have more here. I have even more. That's why I want to be able to have this be a nice, tight. Oh no! I am frozen. Of course, of course, I'm frozen. That's just the way it goes. So, <laughs> when did this happen? Why didn't anybody tell me? Because there's nobody in the room with me. That's the whole problem here. Hold on a second. Let me go over there. Uh, you see, I still, I'm still dealing with a lot. I'm still dealing with a lot over here. Still, it's a, it's still a play school production. No matter how much time and how many years I put into it. You just can't you, you just can't get anything right sometimes. It doesn't work that way. Anyway, okay. What I had set up in the second half is we have Anthony Blinken here, who is now who is now making sure that everybody is everybody is uh, is getting in, in China's face too, or demeaning China, making sure that any and all Opportunities, lanes that open up for negotiation and for peaceful resolution, even though it's been a year of uh, a lot of money lost, stolen, and bloodshed. Unneeded. Unneeded. Um, there, there's so much more. I've got quotes from Colonel McGregor in the second half in whatever time we have left. I have a, a clip of Colonel McGregor talking recently. I think he was back on with Michael Savage, and I saw it pop up in my feed, and it was only three minutes long, so we've got that. But there's so much more. There's so much more that um, that I, all of my hopes that they were planning on trying to take the take the gas, you know, pull back on the gas to be able to let this simmer down and maybe pl- I would be fine right now with with talking about aliens. I would love to see aliens running around right now and know that they're all just holograms and they're trying to get out of this shit. Oh my gosh, it's just that's it. Hey, joining us right now. On the Zoom is Mr. Jose Vega. Welcome, my friend. Oh, I don't there hear you. Go. Sorry, I I was, no, I'm good. I'm good. I was muted. Yeah. Hey, how you doing, man? It's it, yo. It's great to have you on. It's so in in watching your work. I got to say, it's it's really inspiring because uh, especially in New York, where we like we like cling to hope that there is still consciousness over here in New York, uh, especially the, the the southern part of it. But um, so. You're not a Johnny come lately, Jose, as it pertains to this line of activism. You've been doing this for at least 2019. Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, you know, actually, I've got some breaking news for you. I posted, I sent you my tweet. I was called by the uh, U.S. Capitol Police in D.C. just about an hour ago or so. Yeah. And uh, the lady was asking me questions like, so... um, are you going to go see Jeffries again? What was your intention? Are you satisfied with what happened and stuff? And I'm just like, what the fuck? How'd you even get my number? Like, you know, the government has ways and stuff. And so, Ozzy, no, don't do that. Sorry, my cat is a troublemaker. Hey, Ozzy. To... <laughs> so wait, this is this. Say hi, Ozzy. <laughs> so wait a second. Now this is this this just happened. Like, how long ago were you called by the Capitol Police? Oh, about an hour ago or so, I just made a thread about it on my Twitter just before coming onto the show. Well, maybe I should have added the link to the bottom of the thread so people could come and hear me talk about it right now. Yeah, uh, maybe you should. Could you like quote tweet it right now? Just be like, he's talking about this live right now. Hold on, I'm gonna do here. I'm gonna do that right now. Hold on. I yeah, I see the. Yeah, I see you know it. what? 
and let me let me go get my other device so I can then retweet it. So I'll be right back, my brother in Christ. You got it. You got it. Here we are. Hold on. Let me put on. Welcome. You can see a little bit more behind the cockpit over here. Um, hopefully, this one doesn't doesn't uh, freeze up on me. This is definitely an unorthodox way. Yeah. Hold on. I'm putting this out right now. Everybody is watching the sausage get made. Quite frankly, on TV, Jose is talking about this right now. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, okay. So we'll we'll see we'll see how many people trickle in at this point now too. But so you got called. Not we just watched the incident uh, for yeah. which you got that call, and and they I, that's interesting to me that they wanted to know if you were satisfied with how it all went down. And uh, I I can't imagine that you you said it, you were it, it was nothing less than satisfying. Yeah, <laughs> I. You know, I, I, I didn't want to say you too much because, you know, like you never want to talk to the feds, no matter what they are. Right. Like, whether you know, that's that is a federal agency. You never want to tell them more than they need to know. Let me put my phone on. Do not disturb here. I'm getting lots of notifications here. You should, there we go. We're back. Um, you know, I didn't want to I didn't want to uh, say too much. But what I said was, yes, I was satisfied, you know, with how it went. Um, but I also told the lady, like, these are all nonviolent. Like, I don't like, why are you calling me right now? Like this happened in New York city. Why are you calling me from DC? Right. So what's, what's actually going on here? Right. You know, it's an intimidation tactic. That's all it is. Yeah. And, uh, well, the, the you got the Capitol police that got in touch with you for obvious reasons. He's a uh, yeah. member, member of the house. And of course they, they want to be able to have the Capitol police have their fingers in every state. Um, and uh, it, it's just in, it's insane how that police state continues to grow in ways we thought there was no more room. I didn't think there's any more room for the police state to grow. Where 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 is it? But the other thing there too, man, I, I like how you say that. It why are you call me up for completely peaceful interactions. It's because the only battlefield that is is at play right now is the battlefield of the mind, and we are being completely dangerously gaslit about what is going on around the world and in this this slowly brewing uh potentially thermonuclear exchange and i and i'm really i really appreciate your honing in on that right there how dangerous a situation we're in right now yeah exactly and you know that's what they're afraid of you know because they can't they i think they're so desperate to keep this narrative alive and look you know i will say it's like being in the audience of that Jeffries event and the other events I've gone to, the people really are brainwashed. You know, they really do only watch CNN and New York Times. I had one guy DM me. was like, I was there with my girlfriend, by the way. It's like, okay, who did you girlfriend or not? <laughs> like, okay, buddy, you really got it. You're really so secure. You got to let me know you've got a girlfriend. But anyway, I was there with my girlfriend, and you made a complete fool of yourself in front of our highly esteemed, you know, Democratic minority leader. You know, and I'm like, oh, wow, but... you really, you really, people really do like hold these people with such high respect and they don't see how airheaded our politicians are and they don't see the lies. But at the same time, I can't be resentful for them because they're still, if you want to put it in some way, they're still stuck in the matrix. Right. And so I'll just like, you know, say this, like your neighbor is not your enemy, even though they might be the ones fighting you the hardest, trying to sink your head under the water, trying to hold you back. 
no matter what, love your neighbor, because they're not the ones who are leading us into nuclear war right now. It's these elected official idiots down in D.C. who are the real enemy. And your neighbors right now are just sadly stuck in the narrative. But you have to have the strength to love your neighbor as much as um, you would wish they would love you Mm. in order to pull them out so that you can then unify and organize against these idiots. It's a uh, it's a noble cause, and it's one I, I ponder all the time. Hey, but you know, before I called you up, and before I even switched subjects into this into this area, I was re- I was watching a little bit of the Stephen Colbert show um, from last night or something, where he is is pretty much retraining an audience onto how to really handle what the DOE just said about a uh, the, the the real possibility that there was a leak. Or some oh, kind, yeah. some kind of a spillover event out there in what China. Did, what did he say? Oh, he, well, he he. What he did was he hyperfixated on the fact that it was the Department of Energy that was talking about biological situations when it doesn't match up. They should be getting you know charging stations for electronic vehicles up and ready. Don't talk to us about spillovers. And he just made jokes about that because otherwise you're talking about the admission that another conspiracy theory is true. And, oh, wow. uh, and, you know, that that's just where we are right now. But uh, the reason why I bring that up is because that audience, uh, many of them as and as, as innocent as, you know, baby little lambs, they don't just they people just don't know. And uh, and the stakes are getting so high. And I love that you articulate just how that how high they are. The Nord Stream thing. Talk a little bit more about that, because it's true. It was not only an act of war, the only act of war I can think of against actual NATO uh, uh, countries, but it was a civilian target. And 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 here we are. Let's go ahead a little bit more about that. It, it would be as if the Russians bombed our gas pipelines that connect you know, New York to our gas plants. Because think about it, right? This is a piece, a critical piece of infrastructure. Russia to Germany, they get a lot of their gas, right? And people might be wondering, what does that mean exactly? Well, look, the reason why you can turn on your lights at night, why you have stoves, you know, that can that can give you fire, or why you have heating is because of gas. You know, gas gets converted into energy, right? And I forget the percentage, but I think Germany was like 40 or 50% of their gas came in from that pipeline. It's something like that, right? So think about if the New York City grid lost 50% of its power, your power bill is gonna go way high, you're gonna experience blackouts, you're gonna get cold. Now, thankfully, this winter hasn't been that bad. You know, here in New York, we only got our first little flurry of snow. Yeah. That was really serious just last night. And same thing in Germany, their their winter wasn't too bad, but you know, imagine if it was bad, right? You would have had a lot of freezing Germans right now. A lot of people in Germany right now experiencing blackouts, you know, they're cold, right? And their power bills are insanely high, all because of this Nord Stream outage that 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 we blew up. And this isn't this wasn't an attack not just to Russia, but to an ally nation. It'd be as if we bombed Canada's critical infrastructure, <laughs> right? And, you know, Trudeau and Biden are tight, right? So why the hell would we do that to Germany? And that's the thing. Who benefits, right? You know, and, and that's what makes this thing so explosive because this revelation could end NATO. It could completely reshape the dynamics of how we interact with our, quote, ally nations for the next century. For the next 100 years, okay, everything, everything will be completely reshaped if the Cy Hirsch story um, is put into the mainstream narrative. And that's why it is so imperative that it cannot be. Yes. 
So, and that's 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 why it's so imperative that you're getting calls from the uh, the U.S. Capitol Police for asking very uh, and, and presenting very passionate um, uh, reasons for concern about this to our supposed representatives in Congress, which was just, that was just oh, mind boggling. But I would have expected that out of Hakeem Jeffries, who has just gotten a big promotion, let's be honest. Um, so he doesn't want to screw that up. Have you ever, let me ask you this, have you ever had any adequate responses from members of Congress or, uh, or even, even city uh, government officials that you have, you have uh, confronted in your activism? Uh, I'll say two things. One, we could do a longer show just on New York City officials, because I have stories with Adams. Like, he asked me to put together a task force to investigate the fires that are going on in the Bronx, because we're seeing a resurgence of them. And so if you ever want to do a longer show just yes. on New York City, I'd like, love to, I'd love to have know. you. Yeah, you got you got to come up in the studio one day, and we'll chill. I drive, man. I drive, man. Good. So, you know. Maybe I should put my license plate out here too and make it model so I can bomb my fucking car. Yeah, I don't want to do that. That's a a joke, but it is a joke. Don't. Anyway. No. um, The the best response I ever got was before I confronted AOC in October. You remember that one, right? That one went like super viral. Before I did AOC, maybe like a month before, I did Jamal Bowman. And he was saying, you know, in conclusion, you know, we need to advance the black cause further. And I said, you know, you know, Congressman, you're a hypocrite. You know, you say you want to advance the black cause, but you're funding the same neo-Nazis who kill in the name of white supremacy. You know, where's the 50 billion dollars for the Bronx? It's also kind of funny because in the all the interventions, you always hear that. I always say the figure. And if you get a timeline, it's like the number goes up and up and up. When I did Bowman, it was 50 billion. Now we're up to 110 billion. But. He did cut. He said, I'll talk to you afterwards. And I was like, you promise. He says he did. So then 40 minutes go by. He's shaking hands. He's eyeing me. I'm in the back. He's got two of his security people there. I do want to talk to the guy. So he comes up to me. He's like, come on, my brother. You know, you could have you could have come one by one. Put me to the side and say, you know, Bowman, you know, I da, 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 da. And I said, well, no, your constituency needs to know what you're doing. And he said, well, whatever. And I said, now, listen. What are we going to do about the fact that the money you're sending to Ukraine is going to neo-Nazis? What this man said to me, I put this in Twitter. Well, we're going to continue to do the work we came to do on what we said we're going to do. What is that? Have, nice, have a nice day. Oh, he God. pulled out the fucking Kamala Harris on me, oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, those responses. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah. And that's all you got. And that, that's where it ended. That ad exchange. Yeah, that's it. He just, wow. he, he, he was like, I, I got to go to my other thing. It was like, you know. And then uh, the other response I got was AOC. I think something like four days after uh, uh, that that video went viral when she got her ass absolutely handed to her. I hope I'm, it's okay if I use a little more liberal language. Here no, it's okay. Go, go right ahead. Okay, good. Um, four days after we did that intervention and it just blew up massively she put out an instagram story right so it was temporary she put out an instagram story saying oh you know well the guys who attacked me they're right-wing trump supporters part of the larouche cult you know don't listen to them because everything they say is stupid it's like even if that was true right that i'm part of a cult and that i'm like a hardcore mega supporter does that make what i said any less true? No. Any less right? Hey, it listen. I, 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 what, what, what did I just say about Stephen Colbert? It, it wasn't that we're being allowed 
to 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 start grappling with the fact that they lied to us about how this this virus that shut the whole that that the response shut the whole world down where it all came from it's not that we're being given that that we're being allowed to start you know peddling backpedaling and realizing we were lied to they wanted to instead focus in on who the messenger was and then it's just it, it's, it's i'm saying it's like wrestling with an eel what do you do especially since these people are not even middle managers when you talk about the real hierarchy of power so i mean they're they're, they're just all about uh you know uh, public relations and 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 really low level hr problems that's what our congress is for so it's uh, it's sick and they have a script that they stick to i mean when hakeem jeffries was confronted by me you know he says it's a battle between democracy and autocracy yeah. and, and then when my friends i think two days later confronted him and they all started dancing when he finally recomposed himself he started by saying the same thing you know the problem with ukraine is that we're in the battle between democracy and autocracy word for word it's like there's nothing up there except for what he's told to say and that's why they call the capitol police on me to threaten and harass me because just the call alone as if to say hey we're just you know making sure everything's a-okay that in itself is a form of intimidation it's like what you have to call me now so i can exercise my first amendment right is free speech not free anymore that's really what 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 the message they're trying to send is i didn't hurt anybody and i'm not gonna because the whole point is you have to be non-violent that's the way you get that's the way people take you seriously that's what worked in the civil rights era right that's the only thing that works anymore you cannot be violent and i would just say this out you know to everyone like apart from being nonviolent, which you should always be if you if anyone happens to be violent to any of these congressmen or senators or whoever you are not with me okay because we are not about trying to be violent and i'm just putting that out there now and then i'll also say this if you go out there and you intervene in a nonviolent way and then you get a call from the Capitol Police or the police or the FBI, whoever calls you, contact me. I will help you. I will make sure that nobody bullies you into being silenced. You have a First Amendment right to call BS when you see it. As I told Jeffries, you know, he's from Brooklyn, right? He should know. And uh, my friend Kynan uploaded a clip from that same talk today where Jeffrey says, you know, sometimes it's okay to get in good trouble, especially to not accept the status quo, especially if it's tied to injustice, you know, stand up, show up, speak out. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Jeffries. I'm just taking your advice. Yeah. Why you got them calling the police on me, you know, like, so yeah, <laughs> rules for thee, but not for me. That's know? it. That's it. No, you're 100% right on that. And, you know, as I said in the opening when I when I brought you on, I, I know that you're you're not a, a Johnny-come-lately as it pertains to this, this line of activism because I saw the footage of yours from years ago. I played a little bit of you from 2019 tonight. You're there, 2019, bringing attention to the handiwork of the potato woman, Victoria Newland, out there in, yeah. in Ukraine. And the dangers that had already been posing back then. I mean, people were already being killed in eastern Ukraine because of uh, the fallout from the 2014 coup. But now that we are so late in the game, there you were in 2019 trying to get this at three years prior. Now that we're so late in the game and the bombs are being dropped for a, a year already, and who right. knows how many hundreds of thousands are dead? Who knows? Now that we are so late in the game, how do you think this ends? Obviously, 
if there's peace negotiations and people back off, that's great. But on this trajectory, is there any kind of exchange that is not n- nuclear? No. I'm, no. And look, I, you know, people can go on my YouTube channel declaring independence. Um, I had an interview with Scott Ritter, uh, and Scott Ritter's a military brat. And he told me stories about the Cold War. He grew up around that era in the Cold War. He told me, you know, there were many times where his father had a code word to his mother. And I forget what the code word was, but but that meant get in the shelter, get in the fallout shelter, right? There were many times that the dad gave the code word to the mom because in the Cold War, in the 70s and 80s, it really was that close. And, you know, if I remember correctly, Ritter said, there were moments where the call to straight to send a nuclear missile was made, but somewhere along the chain of command, it got stopped. Mm-hmm. And he said a lot of it was, quote, misunderstanding or accidents that made it look like the Russians were doing something and vice versa. And he said, now, that was a time when we had direct communication to the Russians. Now we don't. We mm-hmm. do not have a direct line to the Russians anymore because nobody is picking up. The United States is... Um, purposely not picking up the calls by russian officials on anything okay so you think about that right and you think about the fact that the bulletin of atomic scientists has put our doomsday clock to 90 seconds to midnight the closest it's ever been in the last 60 years that that organization has been around okay we are in deep shit, and i really don't mean to scare people but in a sense i do because you need to get up off your ass and you need to actually start doing something right now. And one of the ways to do it is to just go to your congressman, go to their town halls and tell them straight up, you don't want to die in a nuclear barbecue, okay? You 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 don't want to live in a real fallout game, okay? I'd rather not start collecting bottle caps. Yeah. Um, you, you, you know, you, and, and like, you, you want to be alive to call out how corrupt they are, you know? Because the thing is, they really don't think, and they being, you know, the military officials, right, the city of London, um, our generals really don't think we are going to get to a nuclear war. They really don't think, no, that's not going to happen. No one wants it. That's the exact kind of thinking that gets you into one because it shows how stupid they are to where they don't understand that they're playing with fire. Yeah. Hey, listen, you know, there, there are plenty of people who have talked about the the, 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 the several times where we, we got to peak tensions during the Cold War. And I know that there are, I, I've read a lot of people who are even skeptical about how the Cold War was managed, who was really behind it all, and, and what it did for, again, again, who benefits from that kind of a conflict, um, that kind of tension, that kind of, uh, that isolation that was going on at the time. But regardless of what comprised uh, of this, this fight, this, this adversarial global uh, situation in the Cold War, there were several times, as you said, that we got, if it weren't for some people just standing up and saying no, because they didn't get a proper, uh, or we, we lost radio silence. I remember there was a couple of, there was a, there, or radio signal, there was a couple of situations where even a, a Soviet submarine, they had lost radio signal from the surface. And they they took that as an op as a uh, as a sign that nuclear war yeah. had already blown out and it, they were ready to launch. But there was like one there's one person. There's been a couple of situations where one person got in the way of everything of being the, the 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 stick in the spokes and really saved the planet. 
And and that's just the whole thing here. When we are when the tensions are real, perhaps the war is a proxy. Perhaps there's something else going on. But when you have so many people involved in a situation that is a tinderbox situation, anything could make it very very real. Even if it's all an illusion, we are playing with real fireworks here. And um, I, 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 it's just really great. Um, it's really great that you 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 take that much into into consideration when you go out and do your work. Um, I, I do want, unless you had something else you want to add to that, I I wanted to ask you about your being a committed Larouche activist. So, did you have any? Sure. You go with talking about that now. Yeah, whatever. Okay, it's your show, my guy. So listen, here's where here's where I'm at with this. I don't. I did not know what a Larouche activist was, but about a week ago, Jimmy Dore. Had sent had shared a clip of of uh, uh, Rachel Maddow losing her shit over all of the types of <laughs> losing her shit over the types of groups who were down in D.C. Yeah. protesting against this war between Russia and Ukraine and all there. And I guess they were a little bit too pro-Russian side of the equation. So she's just she's ripping through everybody, anti-vax this, this and that. And what she had said, I heard it, I remembered it when I saw your bio on Twitter. I said, okay, I got to bring this up right now. She's listing all the all the groups, and among them, she says. And the remains of a bizarre Lyndon LaRouche cult. <laughs> so she even said it, a bizarre Lyndon LaRouche cult. Yeah. So I went, I, Jose, I went to go to Wikipedia. It's the first place I just went. And I looked oh, up, no. I, no, I know, I know. I looked up Lyndon LaRouche and boy, oh boy, when I see a Wikipedia like this, I know there's a lot more to the story that is being of left out here. So Le, uh, yeah, let me just say, judge a man by his enemies. You've heard that phrase before, right? Yes. Nobody's got a bigger enemy list than Lyndon LaRouche. Henry Kissinger wrote uh, letters to the FBI saying, hey, we've got this problem with this maniac over here who's calling me out on my policy. Can we do something about that? That was like letters directly to the head of the FBI at the time, right? George H. Bush wanted LaRouche dead, okay? George H. Bush was the reason why Lyndon LaRouche was put on trial. And uh, but let's uh, let, before we get there, let's talk about why. Um, here, here, here's I'm going to read a little bit of what Wiki, uh, Wikipedia says. All right. Now, when I first read this, it says an American political activist who founded the LaRouche movement, main organization, National Caucus of Labor Committee. When I see labor anywhere, I say commie gobbledygook. That's when I start getting worried. Then it says here. He was drawn to socialist and Marxist movements in his 20s during World War II, and in the 50s, while a, Trots, uh, a Trotskyist, he was also management consultant, a management consultant for New York City. But then he started getting dragged, they say, dragged from the far left to the far right. And he said he alleged that he had been targeted by assass for assassination by everyone from Queen Elizabeth to Zionist mobsters and his own associates. Uh, also CIA, British. So tell me a little bit about this guy's stand, his his journey, and and what the the LaRouche um, situation, the whole activism there on his behalf is really standing up for now. Because it looks like he had a little bit of a a journey in his life. Sure, no problem. And I'll just state this by saying you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt because um, I'm not like the number one expert on the history of the organization. I myself, I never knew Lynn. That's how I refer to him, Lyndon LaRouche, which is short of his name, Lynn. I never knew Lynn. I never. I only ever spoke to him like once on a Skype call in like 2015 or 16. And I remember asking him, you know, you keep saying it's the British, the British, the British. What do you mean by that? And I remember he told me straight up, listen, kid, you're not going to change my mind. 
Okay, I'm like 90 whatever years old. Move on. Next question. And and I was so pissed off by that. I was like, what the fuck? You know. But I mean, uh, you know, I. But what was his policies like? Was he was he like because I'm on like the Milton Friedman end of things. Uh, Is he is he? Oh fuck, Milton Friedman. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Whatever. Whatever. But is he on the is he on the anarcho capitalism side of things or is he? Okay. You can't really. If you had to put something, you you had to say, you know, because what, left and right, all that means is how much more government you want or how much less government you want, right? So if you're left, that means you want more government involvement. If you're right, you want less government involvement, right? right? If you had to put Lynn somewhere, you would say he's more on the left side because he's a Hamiltonian, right? He's an Alexander Hamiltonian. Um, a lot of his policies are based on Hamilton, which is what? The return to infrastructure. You need infrastructure to maintain a country, and you need to continue the technology advancements. I can already see your 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 your, your face. No, no, hey, but, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm more of a Jeffersonian. I don't like Hamilton. But see, see we, we have we have agreement. We have disagreements. But hey, listen, we're, we, you and I, we're, all, <laughs> we're already on good footing because I'm all there for non-interventionism. That's yeah, exactly. that. That's that's it. I I don't want the, anybody to, to go to war. You and I, we can talk about uh, how how uh, money should be uh, uh, stolen and spent all day, but uh, we <laughs> but we could talk. But I just wanted to know more about what Larouche was about. Because if he's a lefty, then why is Rachel Maddow uh, calling it a cult? I I don't understand it. So let me let me let me take this from you know what you were saying about the Wikipedia. Is, is it true that he was like a a socialist? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Back in the early 70s, he wrote a lot of material that quoted a lot of Marx and Hegel. Um, but then in the late, maybe mid-70s, I would say, that's when he became acquainted with Hamilton and the American Founding Fathers, and he really embraced a lot of what actually built the country, right? So it was anti-Jefferson, it was pro-Hamilton, um, and uh, he, in 78, had made this paper called the International Development Bank, right? How can you bring Hamilton's policies worldwide? Um, how can you have countries collaborating with each other rather than threatening to blow each other up every two seconds, right? And that's honestly what made him dangerous, right? You could disagree about his method, but I think a lot of people today have complaints. Anybody could tell you what's wrong, right? Our government is corrupt, you know. We don't have this policy, you know. Where the lefties say we need Medicare for all, the right wing says we need less government. And you you know, everybody should ask themselves the question, okay, if you're the president, what is your what is your actual plan, right? You could say easy, I pull us out of all these wars, right? And then maybe I cut spending here and there. It's like, okay, now what? Like seriously, what? How are you going to get the policies you want? What is the 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 principle behind what you're doing? What are the steps taken? What executive orders are you going to do? How are you going to shape foreign policy and relations? Right, that's that's the rub, right? That's the hard part. The easy part is complaining. The hard part is thinking about how are you actually going to implement your solutions or your policies into actually fixing the country. You can get rid of the bad elements, but now you need to replace it with something. And so, you know, one of the first times we got slandered was Henry Kissinger, because in 75 or 76, Lyndon LaRouche was going hard after Henry Kissinger. Okay, I mean, I think like he, he, Lynn said that, you know, Henry Kissinger likes to sleep with little boys in the Carlisle Hotel and that he could prove it. And I think there is a, a, a article that, that, that did prove, or at least that alleged, 
that Henry Kissinger liked to sleep with little boys. But on top of that, we were exposing how murderous, you know, Henry Kissinger's policies were. Like, uh, there's this one official document called NSSM 2000 or 200, which detailed Henry Kissinger's policy to depopulate the whole fucking world, right? And so we were exposing that. We were exposing how the FBI was infiltrating communist organizations, our organizations, all these other student organizations were being infiltrated by the FBI. We put all that out there too. Um, we were calling out George H. Bush, right? And um, his policies were just, it, look, it basically boils down to this. Why do we need to treat other countries like enemies? Is there not a way in which we can have a mutually beneficial uh, co cooperative action. And so Lynn said, look, why don't we work with countries like Russia, China, and we go to some of these poor countries, we build up their infrastructure, we build their schools, you know, allow kids to get an education so that those kids can then take over control of their country and make sure that they can build the infrastructure needed to run a country for the next 500 years or so. Right. So what does that mean? Like, you know, they in China and Japan, they've got these trains that go like 600 miles an hour. They can take you from New York to Chicago in four hours. Right. That's an example of making sure your society can run for the next 100 years. Right. Mm -hmm. But Lynn believed that the ultimate collaboration between countries could come from the space race. You know, like Kennedy called for this in 64 or excuse me, 63. Kennedy was calling for an end to the Cold War by working with the Soviets at the time in space because he said we can have mutually beneficial cooperation by working together in space. What did we get out of the Apollo program? We got MRI machines, we got the pacemaker, we got a whole bunch of medical technology, we got a whole bunch of infrastructure technology. The reason why we have iPhones and iPads is because of the scientific drive that came from how the hell do we get someone on the moon? Well, right? well, so ho well, Jose, what I would say is, especially because I'm, I'm, I hate to say it, but it's a short show tonight and we only have a few minutes oh, left. I'm sorry. No, no, no. This is what I wanted to get into. And obviously we have a lot more to talk about because we may be on the other side, opposite sides of the universe on things like this. Cause I, I happen to think that government and centralization hinders uh, art and sciences from action. And I can understand. I can understand why. I mean, when you look at our fucking government today, it's like you want them anywhere. One hundred percent. But 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 as you say, you look at our government today. In uh, I guess the Lynn Larouche's um, uh, standpoint would be, well, we got to remove some bad elements. But what do we replace it with? My question is always, when you take cancer out, what do you replace it with? <laughs> Nothing. Why? What? It's just going to happen again. Government is all about. For me, is you start seeing the expression of humanity. When you put them into groups, our our ability and our tendency to become corrupted, to be able to 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 swing things in our favor, to to form cliques and factions. That's why uh, I think the ultimate collaboration among the countries of the world would be expressed within our union as the ultimate collaboration of free and independent states. Uh, with this a, is great. I really appreciate that. This is more fun, you know, to talk to somebody you don't agree with so you can get a more fruitful dialogue going. This well, is awesome. Well, we got, we, we got a lot to, like I said, the fact that you and I agree on the most important thing, that we do not of want course. people to die in war, then, hell, let's, let's just see where it goes. Uh, Jose, unfortunately, that's all we got for this first show. But because um, I, ha I have a shorter show tonight because I got uh, band practice or else we could have gone for another another half hour here. But please let no everybody problem. know, uh, do you have a uh, obviously there is the 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 Twitter over here, but do you have an official yeah. website, anything you can send people to? 
Uh, just my Twitter and my YouTube channel, Declaring Independence. I run that with Kynan, my best friend, who intervened on AOC. And I'll be posting pictures of Ozzy occasionally. I know people wanted him back on the frame, so... There's Ozymandias, King of Kings, Cat of Cats. There he is. No, you know? I have your, your YouTube up on screen right now, at Declaring Independence. And then yeah. and then you have, uh, let me see here. Hold on a second. Put you up on screen again. And let me find your your Twitter. Oh, it's, mm -hmm. uh, okay, there you go. I have this up on, I have, you know what? I'm going to put it into the description and I'll pass it around. So do you have any uh, set schedule for uploads or live streams on your, on your. It's whatever I feel like it, honestly, I'm pretty bad at trying to keep a, you know, I've been so busy too. I was just in DC. We did the rage against the war machine rally. Mm -hmm. It was pretty cool. You know, I've and more interventions and stuff, but uh, yeah, no, man, I'm always happy to drive up to the studio if you want or another zoom, whatever you want to do, my man, let's, let's do it. We're going to do it. It was really a wonderful time uh, speaking with you and meeting you tonight, Jose. And I, I, I wish you nothing but the best and, and stay strong. Okay, man. Thank you, my brother. All right. Take it easy. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a really quick break, really quick break, and then uh, when we come back, your super chats and a few other things. I don't know if we'll have time for calls, but, jeez, um, I hate when this damn th Oh, look, I'm it happened again. I keep hitting the wrong buttons because I expect this one to be working. All right, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Apologies for the late reply to your email. If it's any consolation, the haunting guilt of not responding has weighed heavily on my overburdened conscience, alongside the constant shame of failing to complete countless other tasks every day. Yours, screaming into the void, Frank. Down 911. Tell the police to get up here quick. Somebody's about to get killed. Calm down there, Chuck. I hurt people. I'm a dick. Well, being a dick ain't so bad. See, there's three kinds of people. Dicks, pussies, and assholes. Pussies think everyone can get along, and dicks just want to fuck all the time without thinking it through. But then you got your assholes, Chuck. And all the assholes want us to shit all over everything. So pussies may get mad at dicks once in a while because pussies get fucked by dicks. But dicks also fuck assholes, Chuck. And if they didn't fuck the assholes, you know what you'd get? You'd get your dick and your pussy all covered in shit. Yes. All right, we're making decent time. Oh, jeez, I'm still... It's still me, frozen me. Oh no! And then, then I screwed up the transition with the music. Oh, I'm just all out of sorts now. All my tools have been taken from me. Well, there we have, uh, it was a great break and a great time with Jose, Jose Vega. Can't wait to have him back on. Plenty, plenty to work with there. Really, really has a, uh, that, that's gonna be, that's gonna be good conversations going forward because yeah, there, there's a lot of good things in common, but there's also a lot of other things. I mean, there's, we're too susceptible. With centralization, too susceptible to evil. 
way too susceptible. You never are able to perfect humanity. Decentralization doesn't take away our uh, our our bad tendencies, but what it does do is it's, it limits the damage. It limits the, it limits the the radius of the damage, and it forces people to be a lot more voluntary and therefore be a lot more polite. So, um, but man, really interesting when Rachel Maddow calls it a a bizarre cult. What? I would love to just jump into that a little bit more. All right, so we have a little bit of time, so I want to get into this because it's all related. Here's the first one up here is China. China faces serious problems, not only in relations with the U.S., but also with other countries if Beijing support, supports Russia in the Ukraine conflict. This is coming, coming from Anthony Blinken. I want you to listen to this quizzling. And made very clear to President Xi that uh, we're Russia to uh, engage in uh, lethal material support for um, uh, for Russia in the aggression against Ukraine or the systematic evasion of sanctions, this would be a serious problem in our relationship. So we've been watching it very carefully from, from day one. And the reason that um, I raised this not only with uh, Wang Yi last week, but also publicly, along with other colleagues in the administration, is because of concern we have based on information that we have that uh, China is considering. Uh, moving beyond the non-lethal uh, support that some of its uh, companies have been uh, providing to uh, actually lethal material support for Russia's war effort in Ukraine. See, so now the United States is upset that China may be giving support to a friend and ally of theirs, Russia, even though here we are giving bombs giving uh, any kind of aerial support, radar, we're uh, training, money, everything else. We're giving everything. We have replaced Ukraine's army three times over at this point. And it's not even a NATO country in a NATO conflict. But China, if they don't stop this, then we're going to what? Um, and what I can share with you is that uh, we did very clearly warn China about the uh, implications and consequences of going through with uh, providing such support. Um, we will not hesitate, for example, to target Chinese companies or individuals that violate uh, our sanctions. So the United States, the idiots, here's Anthony Blinken pretending to be a fucking tough guy because China is getting friendlier and friendlier with Russia. We are isolating ourselves. <laughs> we isolate ourselves at every turn and then what? The whole world is iso is reorganizing itself economically while we philosophize over here about gender identity and everything else. We're being left in the dust. And here we have it. Does Anthony Blinken know how dependent we are on Chinese manufacturing? Does he understand? I'm sure he does. Ch China just has to refuse to do business with the United States and we would go up in flames from our phar pharmaceutical reliance to electronics, it would be over so fast. The whole world is reorganizing itself. And and our psychopathic government is bombing pipelines and still playing the toppling foreign governments games. And and we're just not that's it. I mean I mean we've been left in the dust. All we have now are bombs. That's all we have. It's bombs. And what does violate our sanctions even mean? So we cut off ties with the country and everyone else needs to share the same grudge? 
So take a listen to this. I want to I wanted to play you a uh, a little cl- clip. It's three minutes that Colonel McGregor had with Michael Savage. I guess it was yesterday. And I want to just play it for you. Three and a half minutes, and then I'll read another statement from Colonel McGregor, from Douglas McGregor over here, from a this YouTube video, a huge offensive. Take a listen to this. You know, this past week, Colonel, we saw China come up with a peace plan. I thought it was very reasonable, of course. Not of course. I did think it was very reasonable and, comma, of course, it was reasonable. Immediately rejected by that creepy Jake Sullivan and the establishment media, literally before the words left the Chinese diplomat's mouth, called for a ceasefire in place, peace talks as soon as possible, not to threaten using nuclear weapons. I read it very carefully. Immediately, the EU warmongers rejected this peace plan, saying that China had already supported Moscow in the war. Uh, Why has China entered in at this point in a more dramatic way? Why do you think they understand they have to take a side sort of with not neutrality? It's sort of on the side of Russia, isn't it? Well, you've, you've hit an enormous nail on the head. This is a hugely important issue. The biggest mistake we could possibly make was to dismiss a proposal by the Chinese out of hand. This is the largest country in the world. And you know, their industrial base today that is capable of producing ammunition, missiles, rockets, and so forth, is twice the size of what ours was during the height of the Second World War. Wait, let's pause on that. That's very important. China has a native ability to produce twice and is producing twice the amount of the weaponry. Well, they're not producing it at the moment, but they have the capacity to do it. To produce twice the amount of weaponry we produced at the height of World War II? Yes, absolutely. With General Motors, General Dynamics, U.S. Steel? Yes, this is what people don't seem to understand. And thus far, contrary to popular belief, the Chinese have not provided material support to Russia not have not no what the chinese have said repeatedly to the russians is we understand your position Mm -hmm. and uh, we understand what you're trying to do but we would like you to do this quickly and find a way to end it quickly and that that makes perfect sense if you're chinese because your preeminent goal is to build the rail lines between china and europe for this one belt one road program Mm. most of that rail has to go straight through ukraine Oh, my God. In Russia and white Russia, mm-hmm. because that's where you've got to go to reach the terminals in Europe. So that's what they want to do. And the Russians had signed on with the Chinese years ago to help them by helping them to stabilize Central Asia. Mm. If you go to the various stands, as people call them, the the people that rule those countries, the governments, the, are much the stands, more As Uzbekistan, etc. Yes, Kazakhstan and Turkestan and so forth. They're much more comfortable with the Russians than they are with the Chinese. They don't trust the Chinese, they don't like the Chinese, but they're willing to cooperate. And the Russians have essentially backed them, provided them with support when they needed it. And the Chinese have been very grateful for that stability because you you can't do business in a crisis, in a chaotic, war-torn area. So the Chinese were never happy about what was happening in Ukraine, but they understood it. So that's a uh, that's a, a little bit of what's going on over there. Now I have another another quote 
couple of paragraphs from Douglas McGregor that was sent to me by Frank Zell. By the way, we're trying to get the Zells back on. We're, we have a couple of stories that we thought we might do, and it'll be good. Um, he said this. This is from Colonel McGregor as well. I was reading a document that was authored by George Soros over 10 years ago in which he talks specifically about this all-out war that would ultimately come against Russia because he said this was, quote, uh, the last national state that rests on a foundation of orthodox Christian culture with Russian identity at its core. Th that had to be removed. So I think that the people who are in charge in the West, this is all Colonel McGregor again, uh, that are in charge in the West and the people in charge in Washington think they have successfully destroyed the identities of the European and American peoples, that we have no sense of ourselves, our borders are undefended, we represent no resistance to the incoming migrants from the developing world who essentially roll over us as though we owe them a living and that our laws do not count. Thus far, I would say that is an accurate evaluation of what we been doing. And I think that's a great victory for George Soros and the globalists and the anti-nationalists, those who want open borders, what they call an open society, because you end up with nothing, an amorphous mass of people struggling to survive who are reduced to the lowest levels of subsistence. Soros even goes as far as saying, uh, as far as to talk about how useful it would be if it was East Europeans whose lives were expended in the process and not West Europeans who simply won't take the casualties. This is not a minor matter. This is a kind of thinking that is so destructive and so evil in my judgment that that's what we're really dealing with in our own countries and I think Putin recognizes that. That's from a, the, the, the titled uh, video, A Huge Offensive with, with uh, Douglas McGregor. And here's a little something from uh, from Frank Zell himself. He said, Frank, really read and fully understand what Colonel McGregor has stated. Putin is not just spewing rhetoric. He's stating things as he sees it, as Russia sees it. No nationalist state can remain in this quote-unquote new world order. We've been heading toward for decades. Cannot have a strong nationalist Russia. Either they are brought into the fold or they are destroyed. So it's Putin fighting the good fight for us all, the last bastion of nationalism. So the question for Putin is not why he would use nuclear weapons, but why wouldn't he? Putin knows what's at stake if Russia loses. It's enslavement for us all. And I think that goes hand in hand with the, the real concerns that you and I, that, uh, that Jose has, that this is a, this is a winner-take-all fight. Uh, this is not going to simmer down at the end. The 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 sh the pushing with somebody the it's it can't be all bark. Eventually, you're going to have to bite because there is a we're talking about where it's a time of great reset. It's a time they're talking about completely readjusting and recalibrating the way that the world is structured, the economic structure, the geopolitical structure, everything everything even down to how they can go and tinker with the human species to turn them into slightly cybernetic beings if not completely immersed in some kind of a meta space it's um i that's that's just what it is i i really do i really do believe that we are in a uh, a critical juncture like that but, and we also got this from Dmitry Medvedev not too long ago, too. Here's a quote for you. Our enemies are doing just that, not wanting to understand that their goal obviously leads to a total fiasco. 
Lose, lose for everyone. Collapse, apocalypse, he added, when the former life will have to be forgotten for centuries until the smoky blockages cease to emit radiation. That doesn't sound too nice. And but uh, but but you know, Hakeem Jeffries just got a a a very big job promotion in the House of Representatives. He's now the minority leader, and one day when they figure out a way to to steal back the House, he'll be the majority leader, and then we will have a a uh, a high functioning retard as as House House Speaker, who just obviously is an MPC to the 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 true definition. Only has a few things, and most of them do. They have their scripts. They like sticking to it. They see uh, so hundreds of people every day in small little rooms. They give the same pep speech, and they go, they they go until they're told to stop going. That's why when somebody like Jose gets into a room and starts asking questions that have nothing to do with the script that's been issued for that particular week or month or year, it all goes to shit, real bad and real fast. Uh, let me go to your super chats now because it's almost time to skedaddle. I got to get on into the other room. Let's see. First one up is from Rev Revolution. Says, Frank Jose Varga was amazing. I sent you an email on LaRouche info and a potential good guest. Too much to put into super chat. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Rev. Stostube says, Frank, we would love to humbly give the show a small token of our appreciation. Keep great independent media alive. Thanks for being you, my friend. Thank you to the whole family of Stubes in in uh, Massachusetts. The Stube family. Larkstar says, Frank, what about the new concept on 15-minute cities being designed by the UK chatter going around? Oh, the 15-minute city? Yeah, we talked about that. Uh, and especially, you remember it was, uh, it might have been, I forget what night it was, but it was an opening, it was a France24.com article. Uh, they had sent out all of their fire units, the media fire units, to go and say that all of the, the, the pushback against 15-minute uh, cities is, is all conspiracy theory-based and, uh, and, and not to be believed or concerned about. So we can talk about those. We can go hand in hand with 15 minute slash smart cities. We've been talking about smart cities for a very long time. And I guess it all goes hand in hand. The internet of things, which will of course will, if they get the way that they, they get the world that they want in the end, will include people that are married to computer and part of the same networks and everything that goes in and out of that person will be uh, monitored by the state as well especially the thoughts that go in and out of a person because they're already uh, salivating over being able to monitor a, a, a man or a woman's brain waves throughout the day in their workspaces. Intergalactic Citizen says, sending good vibes to you and family from Cincinnati, uh, uh, Kentucky area. Anyone else interested in local meetup in the area with other liberty-loving individuals should check out freedomcells.org. It's apolitical, just good folk sharing common love for freedom. Freedom ain't political, I'll tell you that much. Or is it being so? I don't know. In my opinion, says Dooku Dan, there's no doubt the pandemic was coordinated. Think back to pre-mask February 2020 when Pelosi and de Blasio and other politicians kept urging people to go to public events, which I think were attempts to get more people exposed and create dramatic news footage. Uh, it could be that, or it could be that they really are not that important when it comes to moving and shaking 
and uh, the overall whatever. Like they're kept in the. You think about think about Senator Kennedy coming out of the the UFO hearing uh, two weeks ago, and he was honestly lost about things. Our Congress is not. Nobody tell uh, Akeem Jeffries, Jose, Jose bringing it up to Akeem Jeffries about Nord Stream, and he says, "Well, I, I wasn't briefed on anything. You wouldn't have been. You're kept in the dark. You represent people who are in the dark." So therefore, you need, at the very least, plausible deniability. You should be as in the dark as the people you represent. That's just what it is. Congress, the news media, it's a public relations buffer zone between the, 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 the living dead and the real world. The real world being Davos that dictates down to governments and government agencies in the U.S. and Canada and everything else. Uh, Phil Acid says, hey, Frank, I'm completely in love with Rich Barris in a very non-local platonic way. Uh, he really does it for me every time he comes on your show. Rich is awesome. Last night's show was great. I'm so glad that we're back on, on track. The We're kind of thrown off by the new year and January and February just kind of went out. No, no, January went out the window because he was on with me in December. So it's good to have him back on. And small ZTN says, I have to catch the replay while I work the graveyard shift. Thanks for all that you do. Thank you. And let's see. KT Sky D says, Linda Lube says, for everybody to get their sexy asses to the Gilded Chat. Hi, Frank. Hello. And yes, I put the, the Gilded Chat is linked in the description of this episode on YouTube and everywhere else. You just go down. It replaced what was once the Discord link. And... I don't know. There's there's hundreds of people there now, but it's not the thousands that we had after years of building up the other Discord. Um, and slowly but surely, we'll get there. Thank you, guys and gals. It's really great to have you. Let me just make sure that I didn't miss anything on Rumble. Nope. Wonderful appearances and, and viewership across the board. Sean Joe on Foxhole. Thank you for your donation there. Paulie, thank you. Sean Joe again says China. Captain Flint, thank you. Jay Jewell says, David E. Martin said, North Carolina, Chapel Hill released COVID. Uh, Chapel Hill released COVID. Fauci funded video today. Um, okay, I'll take a look at that. Captain Flint says, the Renaissance, Republics. C. Blanche says, I gotta smoke. And Chai Possum says, Frank, I don't like short shows. That being said, Jose was five stars. Thank you. I, I don't like short shows either, but the work in the other room, that should produce some really good stuff too down the line, and I, I hope that you all enjoy it when that day comes too. Always releasing music. That's what we need to be doing over here. But uh, you guys have been wonderful to me. I can't wait to come back on tomorrow night. We've got a great, great guest tomorrow night in Jeffrey Peterson. That'll be fun first half, and then the second half we might be able to do something else. Next week, we're going to be having little to no guests. Little. Maybe one or two, but we'll see. Um, I, like I told you, I'm trying to get Rob to come back on maybe next week. We'll see what we can do with that one for a Thursday night. But other than that, we have uh, a lot of heavy lifting for the next couple of days, including tonight. Next week, we'll make sure that we sink into some other good human interest stories and things and um, and take care, of, take care of heart and mind. All right? Well, you guys have been great to me. I will see you tomorrow, and I'll catch you on the flip.
I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now our super chatter, starting with KT Sky D, Revolution, Stostube, Larkstar, Intergalactic Citizen, Dooku Dan, Phil Acid, Small ZTN. And uh, to all my friends over there on quitefrankly.tv slash foxhole, I'm releasing the scratching right now. And we will see you lovely people tomorrow. Nighty night.